today on Mr. Reeves Universal, Atlanta's Missing and Murdered, a five-part documentary on HBO about the child murders in the late 70s, early 80s in Atlanta, Georgia. 29 souls murdered in 23 months. How could this happen? Who was really responsible? And aside for the black community, why did it seem like no one cared? Mr. Reeves Universal, welcome back. We about to get into it. I mean, really get into it. I mean, initially, I was going to approach this, um, watching this documentary and responding to it in a different light. But after watching it and doing my own um, outside research about the situation and uh, essentially about the cover-up, because that's exactly what it is. It's a cover-up. I mean, my common sense is telling me that there was other parties involved. There were multiple parties involved. And every fiber in my body is pointing in the direction of the Ku Klux Klan. Now, if you're African-American and, and in this country, you know exactly who they are, what they represent. And you would also understand that this is not out of the realm of their reputation not at all this is nothing for them because their hatred is so is so all-consuming that this would be no different than stepping on a bug in the street because the bottom line is when you don't view someone as a human being or even on the level of an animal you have no compassion for that thing because that's what it is when you look at it you, you consider it a thing not a human being not anything of value whatsoever and all my research tends to point to these clowns because in the climate i mean the racial climate in the country right now in 2020 is ridiculous so imagine in 1978 79 80 in Georgia the racial climate was pretty much at a, at a at a boiling point and you have Atlanta the Mecca basically the fourth market in this uh in these United States after New York Los Angeles and Chicago it's basically the capital of the south and at the time and even then it was pretty much considered the same thing it was a, supposedly a place where black people could could thrive in the late 70s, early 80s. I mean, they just hired um, one of the first black mayors in in the South, Maynard Jackson. And one of his promises was to integrate, further integrate the police force. He hired uh, Lee Brown as commissioner and they, they went from there. And one of the things that stuck out in my mind during my research, because I watched other documentaries and I went online and, and pulled other information that is basically mind-boggling like apparently at 
in those days, more than half the police force were members of the Klan, and it was common knowledge. I mean, they said they would have their sheets and you know their regalia in the trunk of the cars just in case they had to go to a clan meeting right after work i mean can you imagine that these are the people that are policing people that they have organized to hate how is that even possible i mean this is ridiculous and even when they hired some black officers i think the first black officers that i think it was, they were it was maybe eight or nine of them they couldn't sh they couldn't shower in the police station as you know you might expect but the the ridiculous shit is if you were a black police officer and you witness a white man or a white person committing a crime it was illegal for you to arrest them you couldn't even detain them all you could do is call your white superior now being an african-american living under this climate how could you ever have any trust or faith in law enforcement how is that possible it's impossible which is why most african-americans in this country well african-americans are in this country while most African-Americans in this country don't trust the police because it's a long history of abuse. I mean, just flat out murder and just neglect. And that's just the basis of what most African-Americans have experienced in their in their lives, you know, based on dealings with the police. So that's the start. Now, the first what's believed to be the first child that was went missing was edward hope smith also known as teddy and there was another child alfred evans they disappeared about 14 days apart and their bodies were found in a wooded area and yes they were found together edward hope smith was the only one that was shot out of all the victims everyone else was um asphyxiation or blunt force trauma and stabbings but the weird part about it out of the 29 victims 21 was strangled or asphyxiated two were stabbed two with blunt force trauma and one was the gunshot which was edward hope smith now anybody who knows anything about the clan they know that their favorite thing to do is hang black people hanging to me means asphyxiation many of the kids have broken necks when you hang somebody a lot of times the neck breaks. So that's just one reason why I believe that the Klan was involved or pretty much the masterminds behind this. And even during the investigation, it seems like they put their incompetent foot forward. The man they put in charge of the task force had never done a murder investigation in his life. And before then, the missing persons bureau in the Atlanta, the Atlanta Police Department was only three men. And even during the investigation, it seems to be seemed to be a lot of deflection and misdirection. And even when the FBI was called in, they started to blame some of the mothers for killing their children. It just seemed like a, a, a shit show of everything pointed in every other direction. But these jokers running around the countryside with Confederate flags and bed sheets on. I mean, it was it, 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 to me, it seemed obvious. It was like uh, either the police department 
whatever clan members that were still in there were protecting their friends and uh whatever police that you know it's like the same old shit it's like now like good cops will not rat out bad cops they just won't they will help defend them before they turn them in so i think it was a lot of that going on and once the fbi got there i mean they actually had a file when they were watching the uh clan members it was called the 8100 file where they had wiretaps they had informants that brought back information stating that the clan was trying to start a race war and they targeted males because when males grew up they would be more of a problem than females because there were only two females that were taken during this time one was taken right out of her bed in her home and they had witness accounts of people seeing at the, the girl that was taken out of her bed is a witness account that there was a white man climbing out of that um child's bedroom window with her in his arms talking to somebody else in the in the parking lot her name was latonya wilson she was seven years old the only other female was angel lanier she was 12 i mean there's tons of evidence that did not point in the direction of wayne williams I mean, you had the Klan. Apparently, at that time, there were known pedophiles in the area. Tom Terrell, Mike Vivas was like the number one porn guy in the country at the time. Apparently, he was res probably responsible for 40% of the pornography in, in the United States at that time. And pedophiles like John Wilcoxon, who actually got convicted, would t pay these young boys to take pictures of them and they go and sell them to Mike Thevis. So there's all kinds of it's, there's all kinds of shit that's just going on in this city at that time that could be related to the to these children being abducted and murdered. But then they, you know, they settle on Wayne Williams. You know, when they brought the FBI in after the FBI got, I guess, um, them blaming the mothers for killing their own children, you know, wasn't feasible anymore. So they went in another direction. So they, at this time, the media coverage started to ramp up because it was too much. I mean, children were showing up dead every every month. Children missing every every week, it seemed. So it started to garner national attention. When one reporter asked uh, Ronald Reagan in a press conference about the situation down in Atlanta, and then next thing you know, Maynard Jackson is meeting with Ronald Reagan, begging for you know as many FBI agents as he could spare them. So they showed up, started blaming the mothers for killing their own children. That didn't stick. So they get an FBI profiler. He gets in the car. He comes. He flies into Atlanta. He gets in the car and they drive into a black neighborhood. And the only thing he noticed is that when they drive into the black neighborhood, he says, oh, everybody stopped to look at me. He said, why is everybody just looking at me? Why did everything stop? And they tell him, oh, because you're a white guy in the black neighborhood. Now, that's bullshit. So so in all his profile profiler brilliance, he dedu he deduces that the killer must be a black man. Convenient once again deflecting from the clan or any white involvement whatsoever
because of the racial tension that was going on in Atlanta at that time during this situation with these children missing all they could think of if it was found out to be the Klan or a white man the city would explode ain't it funny how people always use lies so the truth can't be a detonator you know it's like the lies is, is a wet fuse but the truth is c4 you know but in the middle of all that shit children are dying left and right and they don't want the city to explode the city already fucking exploded you know my child didn't come home last night that's an explosion they found my neighbor's child they pulled him out of the river that's an explosion Latanya Wilson got taken out of her bed in her home. That's an explosion. And all this shit is a cover-up. Citywide, nationwide, whatever you want to call it. I mean, they purposely ignored informants' information based on this case or these cases. I mean, you had informants telling them that it was a, it was possibly a six-member clan guerrilla unit with one black policeman that was doing all of this shit that was trying to start a race war and you see the black policeman is always one right black people y'all know what i'm talking about and this 8100 file getting back to that none of the police on the ground the main investigators in this situation police not fbi police none of them knew about this file but the top brass at the police force knew about the file but they covered it up they once the fbi got involved all of a sudden there it's a lot of media coverage now it's nationwide so the fbi and all their wisdom predicts that with all the media coverage that the bodies are going to start being found in the rivers so they start staking out bridges by the river the chattahoochee river how do they know how could they predict that everybody else was found in wooded areas and it was like areas that was known for gangsters or thugs in the back in the day to dump bodies and everything like that how did they know they're going to start using the river then lo and behold they start using the river they start staking out bridges by the river wayne william drives across the river they say they heard a splash okay Wayne Williams was at the time he was attempting to be a music producer he was he was a very smart guy he had uh he, he built basically built his own radio station in his garage he was a freelance photographer he he did uh like b-roll and um covered like uh fires and accidents for the news like uh he was basically the midnight guy he was like from midnight to eight and he was a you know pretty much part of the landscape he was everybody knew him law enforcement knew him the the new the news reporters and journalists they knew him so he's driving he says that he was on his way to audition a young lady because like i said he was attempting to be a music producer so he's driving they said they heard a splash okay they heard a splash he's driving across the bridge they stop him and he proceeds to tell them who he is and you know they ask him why do you know why we stopped you and he's and he immediately says oh it's about those uh the child murders so 
FBI wisdom. So they that raises a flag. It will raise a flag with me probably. Like, uh, why are you just, uh, you know, randomly spitting that out? But anyway, they let him go. Two or three days later, maybe five days later, Nathaniel Cater is found in a river. This is all so coincidental. Meaning that it's not coincidental. I think it was all so convenient. I think this man was set up. I think he was set up to take the fall. Because I think once they called off the dogs, they needed somebody to take the blame. Which is why, part of the reason why they said after he was arrested, there were no more murders. Because, okay, now that's convenient too. Okay, they got him. So let's not even, you know, let's stop. Because the race war ain't happening, so let's stop. And the funny part about it is that they settled on Wayne Williams. Wayne Williams was a very small guy. He was like around five feet, five foot two, 130, 140 pounds. And a lot of these, and there were six adults. And uh, one of the people that was interviewed said most of those kids that were murdered was his size or bigger. And there's eyewitness accounts saying that children got in a, a car with two men there were you know a, a black man and a, and a white man in the car and that leads me to believe that the theory of the six clan members and the one black cop children at that age they're going to be afraid of police but they're going to trust a black police officer they're afraid of white police but they're going to trust a black police officer so i think this black police officer was instrumental in luring these children in and it, it, it just it just makes my blood boil even more the more that i think about this shit the more that i start breaking it down and actually my imagination is taking over and it's just it's got me you know i wish i had a time machine right now so they settle on wayne williams has to be him he was driving across the bridge when they heard a splash so they settled on him once the body is found days later they go back and they arrest wayne williams now that 8100 file was full of all types of wiretaps and 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 witness accounts informing accounts but when wayne williams was arrested two weeks after he was arrested Every wiretap was destroyed. The 8100 file still exists. I've been trying to get a, a, a copy of it, but I doubt that will happen. Uh, down in Atlanta, the news station 11 Alive, they actually have a copy of the file or the file. I would love to see it. But it was just all too convenient. All too convenient. Because even at his trial, his trial was pretty much like uh his jury was pretty much what no black man in the world could ever think to even remotely get he had eight black people on his jury and four whites nine women and three men now that's almost unheard of in any situation you name me one uh african-american person that had a a jury where the scales were tipped in his favor demographically but now the fact that the destruction of the 
wiretaps and the 8100 file and you know everything of that nature was not allowed in court so any clan involvement was never allowed to be brought up during his trial now when you have eight black people in a jury stand eight southern black people in a jury stand any clan involvement that would come up during that trial i believe would immediately exonerate wayne williams immediately the fact that they weren't able to even bring it up that the jury never even got a chance to weigh that against all the other evidence that they had to go through i think that was a pivotal moment in this man's life and this man got convicted of two of the murders also very strange got convicted of two of the murders of two adults and received two consecutive life sentences he was never tried or even indicted for the murders of any of those children so 27 people they just closed the books on him they said okay they attributed all of those murders to wayne williams without any evidence so this man has been in prison for almost 40 years in my opinion unjustly but there's more uh of the documentary to see i'm gonna be doing more research and uh i'm gonna get to the bottom the bottom of everything if for, if for nothing else my own my own peace of mind so yeah that's uh atlanta's missing and murdered new documentary on hbo about the child murders in atlanta georgia in the late 70s early 80s and uh that's my first response there will be more so thank you all for joining me once again on mr reeves universal i'm jamie mr reeves himself and i'll see you next time peace